What a great spirit of worship today. It does me so, it does my heart so, so much good when I look out and I just see the congregation just in, in, enthralled in worship, just absorbed in worshiping our God. Folks, God has been so good to us. My goodness. Hallelujah. He is so absolutely good to us. God has blessed us. You know, we can look at all that's happening in the world today and, and think how terrifying it is in a lot of ways, and it truly is. But in the reality of it, this is the most peaceful time in the history of the world. This is considered to be. There's less war, less fighting going on right now than ever in, in the history of mankind. And, and I can say praise the Lord for that. Yes. But when you look at our veterans in the United States of America, would that peace be in the world today if it wasn't for the American veteran? Is any other nation willing or capable of bringing peace, relative peace to the world? And people have often said, and I've said this before, people have often said that America should not be the world's policeman. I say, thank God America is the world's policeman. Because could you imagine what would have happened in this world from World War II on if it hadn't been for America and her strength and, and her soldiers, her, her veterans to, to, to take up the, the banner? And in a sense, obviously we couldn't stop all fighting across the world, but could you imagine what China would have done, Russia would have done, the North Korea would have done, and all of these different places, the Middle East, what it would be like as bad as it is right now? Can you imagine what it would be like had America not exerted their hand and said, knock it off and, and brought some kind of semblance of, of peace to the region. If we didn't have those mighty aircraft carriers roaming the seas that make everybody tremble in their, in their boots, if it wasn't for those, what would it be like if it wasn't for the American uh, power and, and, and God gave this country that power? I say that and I'll say it again. I believe very strongly that the United States of America was founded by Almighty God. I believe that she was placed here to be a protector of Israel. And I also believe that because this nation embraced the Lord God from her very inception, I believe that God has blessed this country beyond anything that the world has ever seen before. It's just a simple fact that wherever Christianity goes, prosperity follows. It has always been that way. When God, when Christianity is kicked out, prosperity goes away. An odd thing that I read not too long ago that, that kind of piqued my interest, it was talking about China's success, economic success. And this person had a very interesting perspective. He said, you know, in the United States of America, you can't hire somebody because they're a Christian. You can't say, I only want Christians working for me. I, 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 you know, I want to stand for that. You can't hand out Bibles on, on campuses, uh, college campuses across the United States for the most part. But you can go to China and, and there are many, many businesses in China who exclusively hire Christians. They say they want Christians because Christians are more reliable, they're more faithful, they're more honest, and they work harder. You can't do that in America. So you have to wonder, maybe that's why China's starting to see more and more economic success. <laughs> in a very odd, I'd never thought about it that way. 
I want to look at a passage, just one verse in John chapter 15 and verse 13, and you could all quote this. You, you all know it well, but let's go there and look at it. John 15 and 13. And as we look at that, I, and as you're going there, not all veterans faced direct combat. And I've known some people to, I don't know, throw sand on them because of that, kick sand in their face because, well, you never had to fight. You never had to pull the trigger. Well, something that my assistant chief said one time down at the tribe when they were fighting to get us a raise and one of the people on the tribal council said, why should we give them a raise? They don't have to work hard like some of the other people do. And the chief said something that struck me so well. He said, we don't pay policemen because of what they do. We pay policemen because of what they might have to do. There is a lot of truth in that, and that goes for our veterans as well. So not every veteran ever has to take up a rifle against an enemy, but they have to be willing. They had to have signed that paper and raised their right hand and said, I am willing to lay down my life for my fellow Americans. And for that, they deserve our recognition. They deserve our, our appreciation. John 15 and 13, are you there? And it says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Father, I just ask God that you will give me a few words for your people today as we recognize uh, what truly is a hero. And I just pray, Father, that you will bless each one and bless our veterans right here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have the oddest definition today of a hero. I remember when Michael Jackson died and several times on the media they said, a great hero has died. A hero? Michael Jackson. He sang songs and molested children. I mean, is that how we define heroes nowadays? We, we talk about heroes because they play basketball and some of you probably saw the thing on, on Facebook when, uh, what's his name? LeBron James, King James, made the statement. He said, I am too important for society for me to keep my mouth shut. And somebody made a little meme that said, you're doing what a trained monkey can do, so shut up. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> you're throwing a, a ball through a hoop. Heroism, by definition, is a person who lays down their life for someone else. George Clooney didn't do it. Bonnie Bedelia didn't do it. Sean Penn, I can go down hundreds of names. They didn't do it. They go on a screen and they act. They pretend that there's somebody else doing something that they know nothing about. They, they may put on a uniform in front of a camera and play a role, but they are not heroes. Or they get on stage and they sing songs and they do it far better than me and they don't have bad notes like I do and, and they're not pitchy like I am and they get paid millions of dollars to do it. But that's not heroic. That's simply getting rich doing what God blessed you in a very special way to be able to do. And unfortunately, so many of them have forgotten that. But let me tell you what heroism is. And we went the other day to that movie that is out now called Midway. Now, 
you know me, I'm a, Nor I'm a World War II naval, Pacific naval buff. I, I love everything about that whole theater. I just studied it extensively and I enjoy that. And I enjoyed the first movie back with Henry Fonda as, as uh, Chester Nimitz. Remember that movie? I love that movie. But something that takes place today because of CGI and because of all of our amazing technology is... It brings such an unbelievable realism to that whole situation. And my wife asked me afterwards, or she, meant, she commented afterwards, because the way the movie did it, you were sitting right in the plane, you're diving towards an aircraft carrier, and there are literally thousands of rounds of, of tracer ammunition coming at you. And it puts you right in the seat and I want to say, folks, that's heroism. That's what it is when you're flying a, a, a plane, dive bombing at, at three, four, five hundred miles an hour onto the, towards the deck of an aircraft carrier, and they're shooting at you with, with uh, 60, 70 different guns of anti-aircraft ammunition. That's a hero. That's somebody that should be acknowledged as a hero. When the, uh, when the, 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 T, B, uh, TBT, TBDs went in, the torpedo, torpedo bombers, and a whole squadron would go in, and three would come back home from that, from that attack. When the whole torpedo squadron was shot down, uh, uh, some of their whole, whole squadron was shut down, shot down. Those people are heroes. When you think about Normandy and, and D-Day as thousands, tens of thousands of our kids, folks, kids. These are 17, 18, 19-year-old children. Many of them lied about their age just to be able to be in the military to do that. And they're running on a beach and there's literally hundreds of machine gun encampments up on top and they're firing down and people are falling all around you and you're running towards that beach with coiled up uh, wire to uh, barbed wire that's there and landmines and everything. Folks, that's a hero. And so anybody dare say that some joker who gets on stage and sings a song is a hero, that disgusts me. That sickens me. But these people did that because they loved the United States of America. You know, there was a squadron of, of fighters, uh, pilots, who actually went to Canada before the war and trained because... America wasn't in the war. America was trying to stay passive and stay out of the war, and they wanted to fight. Why? Did they want to go commit suicide? No, they believed in the cause of protecting the world from an evil regime that was trying to take over the world, and they actually volunteered in other air forces to go fight because the United States was not yet in the, in the war. Folks, that's heroism. That's what it's about. And I worry, I... I I fret sometimes thinking about our nation today and the generation coming up who get their little feelings hurt because somebody says something to them. What? Does anybody remember the old statement that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Anybody remember when you come home crying and your mom and dad said, buck it up, kid, you're okay. Stand up, be a man, be a girl, you know. Don't be a wuss, don't be a coward, stand up. And today we want to coddle them, oh, you poor thing. Our colleges have, have what are they, the secret room, what do they call that? Safe spaces, safe rooms where you go to and they have music playing, they have stuffed animals in there. Stuffed animals. 
And our college kids, college boys with their weird little buns on top of their head are going in there and curling up to a stuffed animal because somebody said something to them and hurt their little feelings. It's scary. (laughs) We think about that. It is terrifying. And I tell you the honest truth that what bothers me so much is the fact that many of the things that your parents and grandparents and my parents and grandparents fought to protect us from are the very things that this generation is trying to embrace. Our forefathers died on battlefields to protect us from socialism. And now we have a whole generation, and in the youngest generation, a higher percentage are in favor of socialism than they are capitalism. That's a scary reality. And they don't have a clue what socialism is. They have no idea what it truly is about. And you have people running for president who are avowed communists, who come right out and say they're communists. Our forefathers died on battlefields to protect us from communism. And it disturbs me, it terrifies me that, that, that they fought and died to protect us from tyranny, from a corrupted media. Oh my gosh. <laughs> One of the first things that the Nazis did was to take control of our media, the, the media and made sure that only one particular point of view was pushed. Sounds an awful lot like what the American media is becoming. And it's terrifying. They protected us from oppression, from genocide, where, where people were slaughtered by the tens of thousands or millions just because they were a group that were unwanted or unliked. But now in the United States of America, we slaughter 1.5 million American citizens every year are, are slaughtered in a genocide a confiscation of personal wealth and property. They fought so that nobody could take your property or your wealth from you. Now we have a number, a bunch running for president who literally want to have control over your wealth and property to be able to take it away. This is what bothers me so much about the direction our nation is going. But I believe... Prayer makes a difference. And I believe that when God's people pray, God listens. And I believe that God had a... uh, uh, Ernie and I were talking about it before service, and I believe very strongly that if America had not prayed before the last presidential election, we would not be the nation that we are today, the nation that we've always known and loved. We would be in a far different situation had Americans not risen up and prayed. Ezekiel 22.30 says, And I sought for a man among them, that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. Stand in the gap before me for the land. Doesn't that sound like what we need in America today? That I should not destroy it, but I found none. What a sad Sad epitaph to to speak over Israel when he said, I sought for a man, I sought for somebody who would stand in the gap for that nation, who would stand there and fight for that nation, pray for that nation, seek God for that nation, and I sought for just one and I could not find any. I thank God, folks, that there are many in America today who will still pray and still seek God for their country. Praise the Lord for that. A religious persecution is another thing that our forefathers fought against, but we are in many ways beginning to embrace within our country where 
Our constitutional protections to the freedom of religion have been tamped down more and more and more. Oh, you got, there's separation of church and state. You can't have the Bible or prayer in schools. Then why did the very guys who wrote and signed the Constitution have no problem with prayer and the Bible in schools? In fact, many of them, George Washington included, said you can't have any other textbooks other than the Bible in your schools. Didn't he know there was a separation between church and state? Didn't he get that? George Washington, that guy, what a, what a bad fellow there. He didn't even understand the Constitution. Uh, maybe it is our courts and our politicians today don't understand the Constitution. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the Bible or prayer in schools. There's not a thing in the Constitution that forbids it. It is not there. You go to Washington, D.C. Anybody been there? A couple people been in Washington, D.C. When you go there, every one of those buildings has Scripture on them. I don't care if it's a Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, the, the Supreme Court, the White House, the Congress, there's scripture planted all over. And I thank God that most of them are gra engraved in granite because the liberals would be up there sanding it off if they could. <laughs> the simple fact is that our nation has forgotten and we have a protection by our Constitution that we are protected in our religious freedoms. And we have a generation that has forgot that. Our nation is once again under serious attack. She is under attack in many, many ways. There's nobody shooting at us right now. There's nobody dropping bombs at us right now. But what we do have is an element that is trying to destroy the United States from within. You remember when communist leaders have said over the past, I think Khrushchev was one of them, maybe Brezhnev, some of them guys said, we will destroy America how? From within. How was the Roman Empire destroyed? From within. She, she started to destroy herself from within. And they do it through social upheaval. They put this side against that side and they make them hate each other. They bring hatred and violence one towards another. They divide and they brainwash. We were in a restaurant in Colva yesterday and I'll, I'll, I'll be political enough to say that I had my MAGA hat on, you know, Trump for president hat on, and this young, young girl waitress there come up to me and she said, I love your hat. And I told her a little later, I said, it does my heart a world of good to see a kid of your age who has not been brainwashed. And she said, that's right, I was raised right. <laughs> There's a brainwashing going on where they're trying to get into the minds of our children and turn them against what America stands for. Have you noticed, and, and I have to say about that Midway movie, I was, I was gratified of the fact that they didn't bash America in it because over the last decade or more, 15 years or more, if it's a war movie, it always bashes America. It, you remember the day when every war movie glorified America? I remember a reading where, where the President of the United States went to John Wayne. John Wayne wanted to grab a rifle and go fight the enemy. And the President said, no, I'd rather you make movies to build the morale of our people. And so he went out and he made patriotic war movies to lift up America. But over the last 10 or 15 years, almost every movie puts down America and makes them the villains and makes them the bad guys. And it disgusts me and it saddens me because this generation coming up children will believe anything that you teach them anything that you tell them and they get 
indoctrinated day in and day out in school, starting all the way back in kindergarten, and it comes right on through the grade schools, right into the high schools, and right into the colleges. It never stops on that brainwashing. And then the moral decay that is happening in our country. That is one of the most, the biggest dangers happening. We have across the land, including in Colville now, where transvestites are teaching, are reading books to children in libraries. How absolutely horrifying. But what disgusts me more, I'm not so angry at them. You know who I'm angry at? The parents that are standing there bringing their children to a a little five-year-old or four-year-old in front of a transvestite so that transvestite can read them a book. And I've seen these these posts on Facebook where people will say, well, as long as they're not bothering me, then I don't care. And I'm like, that's exactly what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that that stuff is not affecting you. Folks, it is affecting us as a society. It devastates the most powerful and and strongest institution that God ever placed on this earth, and that institution is the family. It's above the church, it's above the government, it's above everything else. You bring down the family, you bring down the nation. Then family is the most powerful thing that God ever placed on this earth as an institution. And that family is, is what will bring America, hold America together and is what will bring America through. Families that worship God. Families that love Almighty God. Families that remember how, where we came from. Families, men and women who will put their children at their feet and teach them the truth of God's Word and the truth of history and what really happened in our country. Another passage that you can quote with me, 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I have said it many times, a president is not going to save the country. An election will not save the country. God's people will save the country. Amen. And by the, what, I, what I mean by that is when we pray, God will raise up the man to put in the office. When the people of God pray and seek His faith, God will place the right one there at the right time. I believe, whether you like Him or not, I believe that God raised up the president we have right now. And I believe that if anybody else had won that election, we would have been done as a nation. I believe that. I believe that prayer brought the right man to the position at the right time to save the country. And I thank God for that. Oh, he's so imperfect and he's not right and he's this and I don't care. He was what we needed at the time. And I believe that God raised them up because people prayed and sought God for their country. we got to do it again. Don't ever let down. Don't ever get passive because you say, well, the economy is going good and, and we're secure right now and we pulled out of the Middle East and we're doing this. We're, we're okay. Now let's go around and play golf. No, we need to pray all the more because it's not over and it'll never be over. The enemy wants to bring America down more than anything else because America, again, is the one irreplaceable 
nation on the earth. And, and I read an article that said that a few years ago and it just lit a light bulb in me and I said, that's exactly the truth. Every, any other nation on earth can go away and it wouldn't really affect the world in a huge way. But if you take America away, the world falls into chaos. America is indispensable to this world. Not because of where we live or what we are as far as that goes, but because God's hand has been upon this land and God has blessed us and made us strong. And because of that, we have brought a semblance of peace and prosperity to the world. They say this is the most prosperous time in the world. And I always get amazed when I see on the media when they're talking about, oh, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And I'm like, really? Because I remember the poor when I was a kid. They didn't have phones. They didn't have cars. They wondered what they were going to eat. That's what the poor was. And my grandmother, going through the Great Depression, could tell you what it was to try to come up with enough food to, to just feed the kids and, and, and feed them anything they could possibly come up with. Today in the United States of America, the poor have smartphones. They have cars with $1,800 rims on them. And they get money handed to them at tax time because they're poor. And the, I'm sorry, the poor are not getting poor. The poor are getting richer. And that's because God has blessed this land. Did I get too political today? I hope not. I'm trying to be right where we're at. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about right where we're at as a country. I say it again. Thank God for the American veteran that has stood in the gap, who have, who have heeded the call, who have done what was so necessary for our country to, to make her survive, to protect her and keep her strong. Praise the Lord for that.